Welcome to the Fit Affiliate Podcast, where we talk about behavior and behavior-based conversations as they relate to CrossFit affiliate owners and coaches. My name's Lisa Hetherington, and I'm your co-host. Sitting alongside me are Tony and Chuck, the founders of Fit Affiliate. And welcome back to another episode of the Fit Affiliate Podcast. Sitting alongside me are Chuck and Tony, as per usual, but we welcome our special guest, Mr. Carl Eagleman from the one and only Whiteboard Daily. How are you? Good, sir. I'm very well. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for uh, accommodating my crazy schedule of being a teacher. There's not much time throughout the day, but you guys, we, we made it happen and here we are. So thank you so much. We're super excited to have you. I suppose we won't continue the conversation. We just. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually, you always yeah, do. One Tony, of my. The, the first like coaching role I was in at GSX, one of the clients there, um, Linda Weber, she got me the dick drawing book from Superbad. If you oh my guys God. remember <laughs> Superbad, he had like that lunchbox full of dick pics that he was yeah. drawing. He's like my yeah. treasure trove of dick pics. She got me like an actual print book that has all of the pieces of art <laughs> and then everything else you that you that story. That's really a thing, huh? I, I can't I can't be surprised. Nope, but that was not the origin of Whiteboard Daily. <laughs> Carl's a co-author of that book. Nobody knows that. But not- <laughs> Little known facts. Little known fact. It's all about drawing, you know, simplistic forms. Uh, oh, phallic symbols. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everybody in the community that would be listening to this, like they obviously know who you are, but I don't know how many people know where you came from and how you got to be here and potentially where they intersected, like in your journey as a brand. Cause like your velocity has been crazier than as far as I know, like any other real social media account that we have in like our ecosystem. Yeah. I mean, I can really quickly talk about that. I've been CrossFitting. I started, started getting into CrossFit like around 2008 or 2009, uh, which I guess in these, this day, day and ages, you'd be considered, I guess, OGs are probably like early 2000s. Um, but yeah, you're right in there with the rest of us. It's all good. Yeah, you can you can it's claim it. You can take it. You can take OG status. OG status. Yeah. But I really loved doing it. I really enjoyed CrossFit. It was something different, and uh, really quickly just kind of got into that culture. Uh, and then around 2000, uh, what was it? 2009. Um, I was actually living in California at the time. I was living in Berkeley, and uh, I, of all people in the whole world to link up with, I. I started working out with Saban Matosian, um, who, you know, has got a very successful podcast in his own right. Uh, and he was at the time he was the media guy for CrossFit. And so we started to work out together. He started taking videos of me doing workouts and had a lot of fun. Um, that kind of kept the whole CrossFit fire burning. I, I got into, you know, got my L1, uh, started coaching. I actually started coaching when I was living in New Zealand. Um, I was working, uh, which is another long story in itself, but that's really when I started coaching is um, 2012, 2011, 2012. um, And really, no, I'm sorry, 2013, 2014. And that's why I was like, that's when I really got into coaching and I really enjoyed communicating movement to other people, taking what I had learned over those five, six years and applying it to helping other people. And, um, and since then I've, you know, got into the whole certification world of uh, trying to expand my toolbox. And again, all along the way, just kind of picking up coaching cues. And um, I started the Instagram account, the Whiteboard Daily Instagram account, I believe in 2000. 
uh, really 2017, but didn't really start doing anything uh, consistently until 2018. So I guess since 2018, been consistently posting and again, finding things that I would think would help other people, uh, drawing those things on a whiteboard, a medium that I feel like is very uh, familiar to CrossFitters considering kind of start every day, every workout there at the whiteboard. And, uh, and as you guys know, it's just like, I just try, as you guys, I try to provide some kind of valid, uh, valuable content to help other people become better teachers, movers, coaches. And, uh, and it's a, it's a really great fulfilling feeling to see that like it's, it's valuable to people or it helps people out. So I, I love it. And Actually, I just got done with the drawing right now. It, here, here, this is going to blow your mind. Watch this. This is like, this is my office space. That's that's the drawing right there. This is real behind the scenes. My yeah. desk my desk is a giant whiteboard, and I just finished the, the uh, drawing that I'm going to post uh, right after I get done talking with you guys. So it's just like, it's a way of life for me. It's just trying to help other people move better, that sort of thing. I think one of the reasons people love and you've amassed such a big following is that if there's one thing every CrossFit coach is aware of is that probably that they're bad at squatting and they can't snatch and do a muscle up, but they also are fucking terrible at writing on a whiteboard. So they, they yeah. see your it's drawing, your sketch, and they're just like, what? <laughs> Can I just copy and paste that? And they go in and then they can't even write in a straight line. It's just like right yeah. downhill. Well, yeah. I wanted to provide something like at being a coach. I was like, if I can provide something for another coach that instead of like them having to do it, they can just share what I've done. Then I think that's, that's providing value. That's going to help them out. And uh, that's always been the approach that I've taken is uh, helping, you know, helping the coach with something that they can use to help other people, that sort of thing. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know if you know this, but a so beyond like sharing what you've already created, like the ability for people to help their understanding through a more basic communication format, you are actually a reference that I make every weekend that I teach a seminar. Because fair, fair enough, right? How many people come to any seminar looking for cues? Yeah, oh yeah. And turns out how much do cues normally suck, right? <laughs> all the things for all the people, because when do, when do we develop speaking very early on? And how many of us, if you surveyed our spouses, friends and family would say that, like, we're really good at using words to communicate. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, well, if we know that that's not great, maybe the triage of verbal, visual, tactile, like maybe something you could reflect on is how much do you love Carl Whiteboard daily? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, a ton. Like, right. Because it makes sense so quickly. Right. When did we start painting on cave walls versus when did we start speaking to each other? And if you're today years old and your friends and family are like still struggles with words, both listening and talking, yeah. dude, like that's a powerful framework shift to get people to understand in coaching, in teaching that like really stepping back, looking at an entirely new light and just like what is the most simplistic way that we really should be endeavoring to do these things? Yeah. That is a valuable thing that you have given me is in, in the first 20 minutes of that seminar to completely reframe for people like, oh, it's not my fault that I struggle with cues. It's not my athlete's fault that they struggle with cues. It's humans fucking struggle with words yeah, at our best. And so like when we're tired and it's complex, like, yeah, words are probably going to be a problem. Good. Just go yeah. look at the picture. Yeah. My, my bachelor's degree is actually in communications uh, because I, I, I have always enjoyed uh, 
finding ways to take a concept and translate it for somebody else. And really, I mean, it makes sense when you take drawings as an, as an art form, as a form of, tool, of communication. Um, like you said, I, I, I love, I remember our, our conversation distinctly when you're talking about cave drawings. And I was like, well, gosh, that's really what I'm doing. I'm just like drawing <laughs> I'm, I'm as primitive <laughs> as you can get. Um, cave also, I think it also, it, it kind of, um, it transcends gender or race or in that way, that way, like somebody from India can see this and they don't, they see themselves in a stick figure or they, uh, you know, a female can see this and they see themselves. It's not, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, what we're looking at here is ankle, knee, hip, shoulder positioning um, through movement. Um, so yeah, this stick figure, I'll tell you what, it's been, um, it's been a great way to communicate that movement. How much ever, did it? Uh, go for it, Lisa. Oh, I was just gonna curious human questions. <laughs> I was just gonna say how how did it, how much did it blow your mind at first when you know like the 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 way that this has resonated with people that they get it tattooed on their body and like that that was the first time I think I saw you post one of those. I was like, that's just it was yeah. mind blowing. It really it never gets old. The feeling never gets old. I remember the very first time I ever saw that I I was working a job that I didn't really like. I, I used to, I worked for, I used to work for a job. I used to work for USA track and field and I would travel a lot and I wasn't getting paid what I, what anyone really, I was getting paid peanuts. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, gosh, I just, but I had this whiteboard daily thing going. And I remember seeing that post and I was like, whoa, like this is way bigger than the job I've got. Like I knew that if I just like stuck it out, that whiteboard daily would be something that could take it could take care of it could provide for me and my family um mm -hmm. because it was proof that what i was doing was providing relevance and value and somebody that they could identify with something so much that they got it tattooed on their body and i think with people like the snatch sequence is a pretty popular <laughs> tattoo um of, of you know any of my illustrations because people are like they are so attracted to this cool, sexy movement. And it's almost like a cultural thing. It's like a tribe type thing. They're like, oh, you, 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 you know how to snatch? Well, I do too. And like, it's kind of good, you know, that we see this in, in CrossFit all the time of like muscle ups or like your Fran time or like these things that people identify with that, that go across cultures. Um, mm. So I, I guess I'm not, I, I don't I'm, I'm always surprised to see it, but like to see something, I guess, why people do it and it starts to make sense to me because they identify with that movement or right? and then mm. and if anything the most simple way to to draw something is using stick figures so i i'm like okay i guess that kind of makes sense that somebody would do it but it, it never ceases to amaze me i'm just i'm always very humbled to see it mm. um do you ever get cool. any backstory from people on them like after they get them like tag you in the picture do they ever give you like you know a little bit more volume and depth on like why they got it what it means to them like not i mean no not really sometimes i'll i'll, get, I'll come across stories that are unique and there may be some kind of like um you know there's one that i did uh that was a it's a, a um I, I i drew the, the movement sequence for a rope climb and they took one section of the rope climb and they and they actually the tattoo artist they actually added like um a ponytail on the back and there was some other kind of uh, feature for that 
um, that made it more personal. I think like like being a cancer survivor kind of tied into that somehow. And um, so, but usually it's it's pretty self-explanatory why people get them. Um, and it's very rare that somebody would share a story beyond that. Usually, I'm just so uh, honored to see it that I just I go ahead and reshare it. And that's why also I wanted to like have a few pages in, in the book, in my book that like yeah. highlight that. So I think it's pretty cool to highlight those people that you know that do something like that. It's it's a cool feeling. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but stick figures is like the probably the most. Uh, clowned upon or, or talked down upon sort of like level of art that exists. Like I can only draw stick figures. You've never tried because <laughs> I can tell you, as a gymnastics coach, you're essentially ranked in your ability to draw figures on this board so that you can use them and communicate them. And like, I'm terrible at it. Literally. I, I've always made the joke. Like they're like, I'm more autistic than artistic. Cause like, I can't even draw those stick figures. I was terrible at it. So like, Every time on the whiteboard, I would draw stick figures and my stick figures, even all for 10 years of, of the seminar were awful. And then Carl comes out with these other stick figures. I'm like, oh, yeah, man. You have to do like that, Carl. Like now you are the standard that everything is set about minor lines with like a little bit of a blip of a half face. And that was it. And then it's Carl's hollow. got like. It's a like, hollow. Banana. It's rude. I, it's funny that you say this. My like my family is, is pretty artistic. My, both of my brothers, they make their living being artists. My, my, I got two younger brothers, the middle one, he's an, an industrial designer. So he draw, draws cars and vehicles and bicycles. And I mean, his level of artistic ability, I feel like is just so far beyond me. My, my youngest brother, he does oil paintings. He does murals. He does canvases. And here I am with, I got, I got whiteboard, drawing like that's like that's my art apparently and so i tried to like make things look like how they should look and it's like i'm i feel like i'm also kind of like drawing comic book characters because there's a lot of action involved and you try to communicate the action of or the movement of something and um at the same time keep it simple too right um so i've learned that once you get a point of reference and that's why i always I always draw ground and uh, like a, a um uh, what's the word i'm looking for the, the meet the plane uh the, uh the midline you know once, once you draw those two things okay now i know where gravity is and i can kind of base things off of that um even, even when i'm drawing gymnastic cues and you know you start i always start with like where the um, the bar is and then I, I draw everything from there and like I'll draw a line straight down from the bar because that way I know where gravity is pulling the person so you just try and find ways that like are, serve as a point of reference that makes things a lot easier to draw I mean I would agree with that for sure I, I think that like it's it's essentially that it's that culminating quintessential sort of conversation of like elegance is mastery right like you took something that is identifiably observably very simple and it is virtuosity it's like mm -hmm. the purest form of that that exact statement where it's like if you've tried to draw a stick figure this is virtuosity this is the uncommon commonly like and so like you get to this point where it's like oh and i think that's why you have a mass that's following right because well, like, like, it's cool yeah. to find like the threads that run through crossfit as a methodology and the universal truths that they uncover yeah like mechanics, consistency, intensity. 
Yeah. You develop the mechanics of your art form, which is why you can consistently replicate yeah. like your squat drawing. Mm-hmm. If you drew that 10 times in a row, I wouldn't be able to tell probably the vast majority of them apart. You know, maybe like a pen was turned slightly different on the tip, like in a couple of them. But yeah, yeah. for the rest of us, we don't have that base level of mechanics applied to the skill set. So like we don't have the ability to transcend into consistency. Yeah, yeah. And if you're like, well, do this in the most visible public format in front of, you know, 500,000 of your friends. You're like, well, that's the intensity. Yeah these underlying principles and why they work so well is like crossfit didn't do anything like neat in and of itself but it uncovered the universal truths and how they apply in fitness the same way they apply in art yeah i well along with the consistency i'll tell you what i the more you do it the better you get and i i really do draw pretty much every single day um even just a little bit at a time and the same thing applies to like your fitness and building a skill set like it's better to do just a little bit every single day but and avoid like the the two hour workouts two times a week sort of thing you know and and uh and creating an environment around you that makes it easy to do that stuff is a big factor like i always i've got whiteboards at home i got whiteboards here at office and so um i, I try to make it easy for me to be creative um and then the same thing applies with your fitness life. Like I, I work at a gym every day. And so it's like, I try to tie in little things as I'm teaching and do pull-ups and push-ups and handstands here and there, just to make sure that I continue to sharpen my, my, my blade and, and make sure I'm a good teacher. Um, so the consistency has been a major factor just in my, my daily life, like for sure. Weird how that works. <laughs> it is weird. Just Small, simple. Daily actions. It's like How do I get better at something? <laughs> um, that's kind of a good segue into like really why you know why we have people on this podcast, right? Because like our obsession is 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 bringing people on here who you know essentially do the conventional unconventionally, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, so a lot of the guests that come on and and obviously our opinion of things is you know. Mm-hmm. Every affiliate is unique and every affiliate, you know, must be protected for that exact reason because it allows everybody to basically take the conventional sort of thing, be the affiliate and do it unconventionally, however you want to do it. I think that's important. But also inside the industry, there's a handful of outliers, people like yourself, Pat's been on here, EC, people who had, you know, the path is essentially paid for you. And all of us essentially followed that same path, but you guys have all been able to branch out. And so that's one of the reasons why we think that your story is always so fun and fascinating because like. Yeah, you just kind of became the stick figure Picasso. And next thing you know, you're like, wow, what do I do with my hands? I just keep doing more of these things. So you for sure have, have taken, you know, a truly underappreciated conventional part of CrossFit, pursued the unconventional part of it and made something out of it. Uh, and I, I mean, I guess it sounds like it was a matter of like circumstance. But at what point do you think that you were like, I want to do something of more value in this community. And why do you think that you landed on the whiteboard? Mm-hmm. It started, I think it started for me very, like once I found CrossFit, I was like, this is really cool. I want to be a part of this culture. And then I never stopped being a student because in order to like, in order, and I know you guys would agree that like in order to be a coach, like I've got to constantly be learning. I've got to constantly make sure that I know what I'm talking about, because what I'm talking about, I'm passing along to these people. So it's like with great power comes great responsibility. So early on, when I first found this thing of CrossFit, which eventually 
led into the, all of these other things that I used to, you know, uh, competitive indoor rowing and Olympic weightlifting and gymnastics. And like, it led into all of that stuff. And that's why I bring up CrossFit. But like, once I started that, I was like, man, I love this world and I want to provide value for the people so they can understand what I see. Um, and I didn't, and, and you know, you look back and like, like how this happened? Well, I mean, I've, I've always been, I, you know, I, I was raised to be very artistic. My, my parents really encouraged being artistic. And so I, it kind of came natural to me to like draw things. Um, but if you look at my early drawings, the early posts, it's like, I know that I've grown a lot since then, but I just, I figured I wanted to find something like a good medium that a lot of people were familiar with. And also it was easy for me to do it on a daily basis. And there was no way that I could have like made daily videos or made <laughs> uh, daily photo setups. I, I don't know what I, but like I wanted to make something so it's easy for me to continually uh, provide value on a daily basis. Um, and so it just kind of, yeah, like you said, circumstance kind of things kind of fell into place, um, but it, it didn't happen it only happened because I was consistently doing it. I think that's why people followed whiteboard daily because in the name, I kind of tied myself to like, well, I better provide some stuff daily for people. So you didn't just like sit down and just whiteboard draw an entire book. You mean that that was like compounded <laughs> over time? <laughs> it's crazy. No, I didn't. We had all these things come together. Yeah. And this whole time, I just thought you were just feverishly just scribbling and tossing papers this whole time. <laughs> it's all from the book exists um did you ever well i i know the answer to this so like why don't you tell us a little bit about the book and kind of like your man where did that come from when did you start thinking about it like talk talk the community through that all right well i think let's see it was about two years ago i was probably i probably just hit around two hundred thousand followers so i mean just to give you a, a scope of like where whiteboard daily was at the time and um, Glenn Cordoza, who is a, a co-author on some books with Kelly Starrett and Brent Contreras. Um, if you look around, he's, he's co-authored a lot of stuff. Really great guy. Reached out to me, asked me if I would ever be interested in uh, doing a book. And I was like, to be honest, like that was the penultimate goal. Like that was like, yes, I, wanted, I would love to have everything that I've created on pages that can be a reference for people um, like that's bigger than just social media. That's exactly where I would like to go with this. He's like, well, if you are interested, let me put you in touch with my publisher and who also happens to be the publisher for Supple Leopard and Squat University's Rebuilding Milo, like the big timers, like some really big timers in our industry. And I was like, this is fantastic. And sure enough, we worked together, um, put together a contract and put together a scope of what the book would be and who it would be, who would be the demographic and all this stuff. And um, and I just started to organize all the content that I had amassed over the last two, three, four years of Whiteboard Daily, cleaning up my drawing or cleaning up the files, uh, cleaning up the captions and making things ready to work with their design team to put together and create this book. And, and we settled on I think I had more content than what we actually went with, but we ended up going with a 400 page book that covers all the best of the things that I posted on whiteboard daily. Um, and the result is like a really cool reference tool that I think not only serves uh, as a coaching education 
book, but also I think it's kind of cool uh, because it's there's some elements to being artistic because it's drawings and it's it's not just like you know tons of words. It's it's things that like you open up a book anywhere, you can just kind of look at the drawing and be like, okay, that makes sense to me. So it's kind of like a coffee table book book as well. And, um, it's going really well uh, as far as the sales go, uh, and so so much so that we're working on my second book right now. It's going to be a volume two to this. I would like to, um, I would like to read more human anatomy. <laughs> human anatomy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like to, well, I mean, I would like to reach a broader range of people. It's very like this. This first one is very obviously CrossFitters, uh, Olympic weightlifting cues, a ton of those. A fair amount of gymnastics cues, but I would like to reach a broader audience that could apply things that we talk about with regard to posture and positioning, um, but still make it fun and understandable and use those those fun cues that people like to see. So, you know, every single day as I'm drawing, I'm still following that same process that I did for the, the first book as far as like the files and organizing my things. So once we get ready for this, this second point, um, I'm, I'm good to go and I, I can use that experience. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very surreal to see my name on a book. Um, yeah, a big book, surreal. <laughs> a girthy book. The thing's heavy. It's, it's heavy. It's like, yeah, 400 pages. It of rich oh, it's all glossy. It's like, it yeah. is super high quality. That's gotta be a very cool legacy piece to think that like decades after you have long since passed this earth. Yeah. Old tattered copies that are going to be sitting in gyms, just like the one you're in right now. Yeah, it definitely it's yeah, it, it makes me feel like I'm I'm able to leave some kind of legacy. I want, I'm able to leave something bigger than just a social media Instagram page. And which is and I, I want to go far beyond even this. I got more plans to do other stuff that all comes back to providing value. I think that if you can provide value for people, then. You're going to attract people. You're going to like, um, you're going to be more inspired. I think a lot of influencers, maybe even like, I, I wonder how they even like sleep at night. Cause like some influencers, you kind of wonder like why, I mean, people follow people for, I, I guess, yeah, like three, well, yeah, we all know. Um, but like three, three They're reasons. Providing value. Well, value. They, Just in a way that's not like an analog to how we think about structures of value. You you follow people on social media. You follow your friends and family because you want to keep in touch with them. You follow uh, educational things that you might find educational. You like because deep down, I do feel like we like to learn. And you also follow entertainer entertainers. So it's like those three things. If I can provide one of those three things, and I go for the education with this somehow being entertain entertaining somehow but like educational like that's what i'm going all in on so you know that's i feel like that's how you can provide value if you just drew bigger butts exactly. on stick <laughs> you'd get way more followers you would have no. millions at this point um i think what's first of all i think the book is fantastic and i think that every developing coach should have it on their table much the same as you know back in the day supple leopard was on there and the main reason is, is that both of those books do the same thing that we talk about so much on here and that it's not just a book of drawings. It's really a book of awareness. Right? And one of the mm -hmm. things that we talk about all the time is awareness precedes action in every single scenario. And as a coach, it's really your job is to not teach them, tell them or, or talk at them. It's to provoke or, you know, bring awareness to the problem so that they can take action and figure out what the mm -hmm. solution is. And so in that book, 
much the same as that I think people are familiar with the Supple Leopard book. As you work through the pages of that book, you were just like, ow, ow that hurts good. I should do more of that, right? And so like it, it, provo it provokes and, and prompts some degree of awareness. But in the, the diagrams that you've put together, it's kind of the same conversation, right? Like as you're flipping through there, there's a lot of ahas and epiphanies mm -hmm. that you're like, oh, right? Like not just how do I draw better on the whiteboard? Because that's mm -hmm. definitely a huge epiphany <laughs> that comes out of it. Is it like, wait a minute, people like Carl exist. Like my whiteboard <laughs> sketches are terrible. But I think it, it provokes a lot of, you know, awareness around like conversational conver at the whiteboard. It provokes a lot of, you know, conceptual understanding about how to put together a better class and things of that nature. And I think for that reason, you know, that's my opinion as to what the book is bringing to value the community. But I guess what is what is your opinion of the value or the continuation of that value conversation that you think the book brings? Uh, man, uh, you just nailed a game changer of a word for me, and that's awareness. Uh, as coaches, a big word, it's a oh, powerful word. Great. And Chuck, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about with body awareness and building body awareness. That's really what you're doing as a coach is you're trying to tie in this mind with your body. So when I say raise your right hand, you immediately know what your right hand is doing. And if I'm coaching a student and they're doing a deadlift and I say knees back, or if I say knees forward, like they know they move their knees and they don't move their shoulders. Uh, so really what you're doing is being a coach is you're teaching, you're, you're building body awareness. And that's what coaching cues do. They, they allow you to kind of like have a visual in your mind, a mental image of like how to move your body that might be at first unrelated to a barbell or a set of rings. But then after you do it, you're like, oh, okay, now I see this because this coaching cues kind of opened up this body awareness for me. And once you, and I, I feel thankful because for a while there, I really, I went all in on, you know, I, I competed in CrossFit and and I, I would train twice a day and, and I, I loved it. And I was just building some athleticism. But along with that, I was building body. I was like, I felt like an F1 driver with my car. I was like, okay, I know I can feel my glute. I can feel my quad. You know, I can feel it. I was in tune with my body. And I tried to like help these students understand that. Furthermore, awareness, self-awareness, is one of the most important aspects you could learn in life in general, like understanding who you are and what makes you who you are and like going all in on that. And so awareness is just, I mean, there's, I could be, I could have a whole chapter about that on there. And so I appreciate Write it. Write it. Whole book, Carl. Yeah, we, anybody we, do it, you can. we will endorse that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, awareness is such a big missing piece of the community and that like very rarely does anybody even step back like, peel through the first layer of just why mm -hmm. right like everybody's like i need a muscle up why yeah like if you can't really even articulate like the first piece of being aware why that's important to you or why it matters like we're gonna have a bad time yeah, yeah. um but i think something that you get to do relative to awareness for people is in the coaching mm -hmm. development timeline you force them to contend with building better base understanding mm -hmm. You've been through your L1, your L2, you've been around the game forever. How often do you hear a feedback mechanism for a coach of, you know, say it with less words? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then you pose this brilliant challenge of the mind, like, well, what if you had to say it with no words? Yeah. Yeah. You could use yeah. a picture. Yeah. The concept that you're struggling to teach and coach somebody through, do you understand it in a level? 
high enough that you could communicate it as low as a couple of stick figures. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, that also brings to mind too, like how we are communicating. Like one thing that I've noticed, I've said it before, I think I may have even drawn it before I wrote it up somewhere, but like uh, demonstrating, demonstrating the action when you're saying the cue, I think has really driven home a lot of things rather than just like standing up in front of somebody and saying something to them, using your body as a tool to be like, when I say elbows are lasers, I'm like, pew, pew, like you're, and then even Pat Barber recently, he's like, you got to be a clown. You got to like be your personality turned up to like 11 spinal tap, right? You got to, you got to be, you can't just be like, Spinal tap. You gotta like. You gotta be the biggest version of yourself. You you have to like kind of turn up your actions and turn up your personality in order to like communicate to people. Sometimes, um, thankfully, not all the time. But yeah, it's uh, it's an art. That's for sure. It's definitely an art. Cueing in general, I think, is a word that gets thrown around so much. I mean, it's obviously the like the emphasis of the bulk of the L one and the L two, and like Chuck nailed it. Like, say it with less words, but like. Cues are really just packets, right? They're like vessels, so to speak, in that you can conceptually transfer an entire theory, idea, concept, or otherwise through a very small number of words, if not just a singular word, or maybe even just a tactile cue or otherwise. And like, and I think that that's the thing. And one of those, you know, more powerful packets or anything that's visual, right? You said it like as you speak and you do, like it's the same thing. People reference it. And sketches are, are so powerful. And that's why it is such a huge part of like the gymnastics world. It precedes almost all skill development and learning. And yeah, it goes all the way back to cave drum, right? Because like through that, you know, you could have the most lucid of your sketches and they're beautiful. But if I put them on the board and there's not, it's not preceded with some level of awareness, they're just like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Are we at like a museum? Like they don't have it. And yeah. so your your sketches are able to provoke a level of awareness that they can conceptualize. As a human, you can look at it and be like, mine doesn't look like that, or that's what it's supposed to look like, or that makes more sense. Whereas, you know, the complexity of watching another human do something, I think, is lost. And so it does prevent, or not prevent, but provoke a lot of awareness mm -hmm. that comes through that. And, you know, it's it's essentially the the conversation of tripping over the truth, right? That's the central term in there is awareness. And then you have to, in order to get somebody to trip over the truth, they at least have to come to some degree of awareness and a crystallization of discontent. And it's real hard to look at, you know, sketches of perfection and animation, so to speak, and be like, mine's different, right? Or my squat's different. That's just how I do it. And so you start to look at them and you're like, fuck. <laughs> I had to get my shit together, literally and figuratively. So I think that it's very cool for that reason. And it's it's something that, you know, obviously most coaches have terrible handwriting. And, and unfortunately, sadly, you know, there's a trend now with this digitization of the CrossFit gym to eliminate the whiteboard. And as somebody who's taught seminars, you walk in, you're like, where's the whiteboard? And they're like, here. And I'm like, no, you're going to Home Depot and getting a whiteboard. We lost Carl. We lost Carl. Wow. Um, but I mean, I do think that it's something that coaches need to invest more time, energy and effort into and like gyms just need to have them. But like that, everybody's worried about how you're going to teach the air squat and the nine foundation movements. Like, can you draw the fucking thing? Mm. Nope. Maybe start there. Dude, mm. 
Just use your whiteboard. I think that could be its own entire podcast episode is why anybody who owns a gym present day and does not have an actual tactical, tangible, like real whiteboard, they are missing one of their hugest tools for education, culture, community, selling. Just like the whiteboard is a fucking weapon. Yeah. It's like it's it's not the place where you put up last week's scores and you've left them there for so long you can't even erase them anymore because they're like petrified <laughs> dry erase markers. Like use the fucking thing. It is the greatest resource that just truly is disappearing from CrossFit. Mm. It's like you know, everybody's right, replacing right. them with huge televisions. I remember when I started with one of the workout management softwares and they were like, Oh, you know, you, you must not use a whiteboard, you must yeah, you gotta get out of your gym. Yeah, so I took a took a photo of the basic setup I'd done because I'm like, here's where it's going to be, not because I had, I said if one thing I was always going to have was the whiteboard. Like that was the the big thing. I too had that same conversation. Uh, Welcome yeah, back, Carl. Guys, I don't know. I, all of a sudden, the last thing I heard was uh, you're talking about where the whiteboard was um, when you walked into a crossfit. I'm yeah. sorry. I, 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 my, I just so good. all watching. the kids are on the Wi-Fi making TikToks at school, so you just got <laughs> all of your bandwidth stolen from you. What is the wow. most common high school weight room twerk injury these days? Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, you, they're, so they like doing their dances. Yeah, it's you feel real, real quick. Yeah, no, the the internet's do internet things. They do it to us all the time. Um, no, we were just saying, essentially. You know, we were kind of finishing up on that conversation as we were figuring out where, where Carl ended up in, in the ether was just that probably the greatest tool that exists in every CrossFit gym that is the most underutilized is the whiteboard. Just nobody uses it. And if they do use it, it's like only where the white, where your workout scores go to die. Yeah. And, and, you know, if there was, if there was a tool that could reinvigorate that I, better than your book, I wouldn't know what that is. Truly. I don't know. I, I do know um, there is a it's definitely an art uh, in the sense that like the, the more you do it, the better you get. And you realize like how powerful yeah. a tool can be. Um, so, again, I'm, I'm thankful to, I don't know, revitalize that tool and make sure that people understand like what power they have um, uh, with the marker. The, yeah. The yeah. I love technology as much as the next person, but like we're analog souls, right? So it's like yeah. we can we can have as much access as we want, but anybody that spent time on Zoom calls knows how uncomfortable technology is as a replacement for actual interpersonal connection and conversation. And so like just go back to if you're having a hard time conveying and conceptualizing and packaging the information you're trying to deliver, dude, the whiteboard is such a huge tool. And it's, and it's it's huge. It should be. It's like a four by eight sheet, ideally, in every single gym. You can draw so many things up there. I will really want to insert another joke, and I'm just not going to do it. Stick <laughs> yeah, figures with big butts. Um, no, I think that it's cool. I think that the book is, is very cool. I think that every coach should have it as a resource. I think that if it does anything, it provokes awareness to the fact that, like, Oh, like that's a big weak spot in my skill set. And if nothing else, hopefully, truly, hopefully, it gets people back to the whiteboard, mm -hmm. you know. And and 
there's just nothing bad that can come out of it. Like I've said for years in the seminar that what CrossFit truly did for everybody was the whiteboard. Right? Like, mm. It wasn't that we changed exercise science. It wasn't that we came up with new movements or, or semblance of new movements. We just broke out the whiteboard to record mm -hmm. workout scores, but we also use it to teach. Yeah. I'm not sure if you guys remember like some of the first journal articles uh, of the CrossFit journal, like they, they would post like drawings, I guess, similar to like what I would do. And I, yeah. I definitely got inspired by some of those thinking that like, man, you know, if I can kind of like do my take of what this drawing is, uh, I can provide some value there. And I think even uh, CrossFit media, they were doing, um, they would do like a series that would be uh, Coach Glassman at a whiteboard drawing out things and it's like you said it's a, it's a lost um, medium um and i also don't think anybody realizes how weird that was at the time like because mm -hmm. now everybody grow everybody's grown up now in this you know this crossfit era where like there's exposure to crossfit and they've been in the crossfit gym and although they don't use them enough like people are used to there being whiteboards but like when when those early videos of greg came out and those yeah. exercises everybody was like why is there a teacher's tool inside this gym because like, you would not find an educational tool like a whiteboard or a chalkboard in a gym and then here you got this guy literally like the one of the best orators in uh, ever in front of this whiteboard you're just like mesmerized but that was so weird at the time you were just like huh i think that's why that's that's i think people especially myself you started to realize that there was a science behind this that there was a method behind all of this and, the, yeah. and one of the best ways to like describe it is to like kind of draw it out for people like this is when we talk about uh variance in your program well let's draw out a week and let's like go through a week and see how we can program different things um mm. if we're talking about uh, even classroom management like where you should stand as an instructor to to reach as many people as you can or I, like yeah absolutely right there's it it just goes hand in hand and like you said before there was nothing ever like that um which all of us were used to it right like now it's like mm -hmm. that thing you know when i take i guess yeah i do take it for granted half the gyms are taking it down and putting screens up instead but like you know it is the thing that when a new client comes in and they see these whiteboards especially if they see them drawn on and otherwise they're like this is different right because you're mm -hmm. not going to walk into a big box gym a globo gym get your your personal trainer and he's not going to drag you over to a whiteboard and teach you anything, right? There's no information exchange that's happening. Like you knew learning was going to happen in this institution because there was something you could recognize as a learning tool that you were used to from school. And that's such a powerful thing that I think gets overlooked all the time, especially it in like gym design. The entire value proposition. It's like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm not just here to count reps for you. I'm here to teach you about your body and how it works right now and for the rest of your life and to build awareness of what your struggles and limitations are and also give you the means to resolve those on your own. Mm. I'm here to guide you to a better life for the rest of your life. Yeah. This ain't a gym membership. Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. it's, it's, it's lessons you can apply to your entire life. Yeah. I remember the first time I, like when I first got into CrossFit, uh, like teaching it and I was like the whole being a cheerleader and being a rep counter and having taking those roles, it, it was like, wait a second, like, that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to work part of a job. Yeah. I'm not here to like count down the clock for you or count your mm. reps. Like, you know, I'm here to instruct you to move better. Like, that's, that's where it is. it's a deeper level of learning, I guess what you could say. 
And yeah. the quintessential piece of that, the, the, the most observable piece of that distinction is the whiteboard mm. in every CrossFit gym. Oh. Its existence, whether it's used or not, the fact that it's on the wall and it's large, hopefully used, like it's just a thing that says it's different here. Mm. And I think a lot of affiliates and a lot of coaches could really truly step back and appreciate that like, oh, that is actually pretty weird that we do have a whiteboard and we use it all the time. Like that doesn't exist in a gym. Like you're not going into any of these spinoff options like, you know, Orange Theory and otherwise. And there's no whiteboard. There's lots of screens. Yeah. There's yeah. lots of scores. Yeah. There's lots of, you know, scorekeeping that can be done digitally, but nobody's yeah. up there drawing stick figures, explaining, you know, conceptual science, talking about energy systems, talking about squat mechanics and leverages mm -hmm. and, and anatomy, like, cause they don't know any of those things. You know, it's really interesting that, I mean, just as we're talking about it right now, it's kind of like, I'm realizing like, yeah, it's like, I've always liked the whiteboard because it is, it's an element of what CrossFit is in terms, especially in terms of education, but I never realized that it's almost like, not only is it, it's almost like it's unique to CrossFit. Like you're not- It is unique. I'd be so bold as to say the whiteboard is CrossFit. Yeah. And mm. CrossFit is the whiteboard. Yeah. Like it's, it is very much so that those two things almost can't be mutually exclusive. Like they almost have to coexist. Mm. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Hopefully. Concur. Concur. Agreed. And then we end on another rant. It seems like this is always a thing. We always close out on another rant. But, um, but the truths are always hidden in plain sight. It's another one of those, you know, the secrets of life are hidden in the cliches. Man, everybody that you know as a coach that seems to have done something a little bit different with their career and who have clients that maybe have a little bit less friction, less struggle, more progress, is there one commonality that you can at least draw away that's highly accessible? And I would venture to guess if you found anybody, you know, we were talking that OG time frame. I don't know too many coaches that have been in this game since I would say previous to 2010 that could not ever manage, like they can't imagine managing the role effectively without the whiteboard as a tool. They're like, well, how would you do it? Yeah. How would you run a class without an actual whiteboard? How would you teach people? And they're like, we got these little whiteboards they can all carry and make hash marks on like, holy shit. <laughs> anyway. I know we're getting to the end of your window of time. It's all good. Yeah. I guess the moral of the story is dust off your whiteboard, clean it off. You probably have to chisel it off at this point because the marker has been on there for 17 months or longer. Like whatever you got to do, you know what? Just go to Home Depot and buy a whole brand new one. Don't go buy a brand new fancy one. Get out the whiteboard. Appreciate it is what makes an affiliate truly unique. Practice the skill. You can do it when no one's there, but I promise you, I've seen it myself personally, and I know Carl, you've definitely it's your life's work. When you draw something cool on that board, everybody's like, What's this? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Let me tell you. Right. And now you got their attention. But if it's three, two, one, go, they're like, leave me the fuck alone. This is how I do my burpees. Like, That's just it. So maybe let's get back to the whiteboard. Let's clean it off. Let's utilize it. Let's appreciate it for what it is yeah. as the icon of a CrossFit gym. And most importantly, Start with Carl's book so that you know what a whiteboard could look like and arguably should look like, and then aspire mm. to that. If you need some inspiration, 
there, yeah, check out some. You need some inspiration. I'll yell that into my mic. Even if you don't need inspiration, even (laughs) if you're not going to use it, I would, I would argue to say that Carl is a nice enough, deserving enough, hard enough working dude that's provided enough value for the community that, like, fuck you, dude. Just swipe your card on Amazon, buy the book. (laughs) Solid. Dude, it's rad artwork. For how many years now? Only trying to make everybody in the community better. Even if you don't use your coffee table. Everybody that comes over is going to look at it and be like, what's this book? And you'd be like, let me tell you about this book. Now you got them as a client, right? So you make your money back in one conversation, and that book will start a conversation every single time. Buy some for your kids, high school weight rooms. Mm. Give them better guidance than I would assume most of us got at that time. Give it out to all your life. I didn't have a Carl in my high school weight room. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I, I, I do. I, I try to be the coach. I'm sure you guys do the same thing. Like I try to be the coach that I wish that I had when I was their age. Like, and I never did that. I never had the opportunities like these guys do. And I try to communicate that. I try to be the best resource for them. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just about paying it forward, right? It's probably it, 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 taking what you've learned and, and helping somebody else. And that's, that's definitely it. I really appreciate the kind of words, guys. I need to hang out with you guys more often. I agree. Unfortunately, it took you a year. Carl's a hard dude to hang out with. He's busy. He's a busy little beaver. Gosh, it's not by design, that's for sure. Well, that's what we need. We need to make it by design. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do something with this well, well well-deserved, hard-fought-for, well-earned success. Yeah. Well, Carl, where can we get more information from you, my good friend? Yeah, the source of it all, man. I'll tell you, the Instagram page is probably where to start, and then from there... Um, you know, there's a link in my bio that takes you to other things. Uh, there's a store that you can pick up the, the book on Amazon. Uh, so it ships really wherever Amazon uh, ships. And uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I, I try to respond to every single uh, message I get, uh, whether it's email or direct message on Instagram. So please do not hesitate to, to email me or to message me. And also, if you got a great cue that you think I should draw up, um, I, trust me, I, I am a product of my. I got something for you to draw. <laughs> as long as it doesn't involve any butts or. Uh, or uh, <laughs> um, we're all here for. Is that what we're all here for. I know. Sexual I'm lights right. on a bigger butts. So that's just how it works. <laughs> oh, man. This is fun. What a, what a note to end on. Yeah. And we will certainly have you back again, Carl. Um, been a great chat today for sure. Yeah, I sincerely appreciate it. I'm, I'm very honored, probably more honored uh, than you guys realize to sit down with these Oh, guys. stop so it. You're the hero here. <laughs> all right. So much. The humblest guys enjoy influencer with half a million on all the grams. Yeah. yeah. I know. No. Thank you guys so much. I, well, yeah, you. hopefully do it again sometime soon. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thank you, my friend, for listening to the Fitfiliate podcast. If you would be interested in hopping on a free call with us to just kind of chat about what you think your problems are and what you think the gap is between where you're at and where you want to go, we can see if maybe we can help you along that journey, figure out if we're all a good fit to do some sweet things together. So click the link, set up a consult. Let's help you identify some problems that we can mutually solve.